Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big. What's up, everybody? What's up? Welcome to a brand new episode of Part of the Problem. I'm Dave Smith. He is Robbie the Fire Bernstein. How are you feeling today, Robbie the Fire? Oh, man, we're only a couple days away from Pottstown, PA. Gonna do some meth with some Amish people. Hell yeah, you are. I don't know. How close is that to Amish country in Pottstown? I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's not that long when you're on meth. I'll tell you that much. Get there. By the way, it feels like a lot quicker. If I ever actually went out to Amish country with that intention, I would stop at the first bakery and end up falling asleep in my car. (laughs) I love Amish baked goods. (laughs) Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Soul Joel's Comedy Club. Uh, Yeah, we're on our way out there. There's still some tickets left, so come come grab them because they're selling pretty quick. Uh, But we will be out there this weekend. Bunch of shows um, and uh, live part of the Problem podcast as well. Going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, got a bunch more stuff coming up. ComicDaveSmith.com for all the uh, dates and ticket links. And, of course, RobbieTheFire.com for all of Rob's uh, uh, info and shows and stuff like that. Come check out Rob's uh, weekly show in uh, in New York City. Can we do a Find Me an Amish Wife segment on the Part of the Problem livecast? I, I don't think they tend to intermarry, Rob. I think that's hey. a big part of the thing. Mm. I don't think they just go out and marry random degenerate Jews, but <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe they do. I don't know. I'm an anti-vaccine advocate with pure semen, so they might actually they, be on board with me. I think they would like that. I'm I'm pretty sure they did not have a high vaccine. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Compliance rate. Yeah. <clears throat> and I could get into building barns. I mean, I'd have to like learn, but I feel like it's an activity I would enjoy. Yeah. And you are you're open to learning. Like, just tell Rob how to do it. He'll do it. He'll follow instructions. All right. Let's uh, let's get into this. Obviously, the, the really big story, which we kind of uh, alluded to, was going to be coming up, um, was Tucker Carlson releasing it, his first installment of the, uh, the January 6th footage, uh, surveillance footage that only he's been given. He was given it by the uh, Speaker of the House, uh, Kevin McCarthy, and let's let's talk a little bit about this play a little bit of it talk about the response what this indicates i gotta say i'll just preface by saying i i thought this was pretty pretty goddamn damning pretty damning i just to the entire narrative that's that's been painted by the entire establishment this is what you're looking at here which is kind of more or less what we thought we were going to see. um so i guess in that sense it wasn't like shocking to us but it really does just drag it drive a dagger through the heart of the narrative of the january 6th committee like the idea that we're supposed to look at this event as it was an armed armed deadly insurrection or whatever the hell they're calling it it's like yeah that's not really what any of this video is showing um there's there's a lot of different things to kind of get into on this i um there's kind of broader points to be made, but why don't we just start with it, you know, start talking about some of the details and then we could make like kind of the broader points uh, later. Um, what, what was your thoughts on, on the new footage that was released? 
I thought it's a fine opener. Uh, I think one of the biggest conversations to be had here is as to why this footage was not made available to anyone trying to defend these people. I would think yeah. that this would be highly relevant footage for a jury to see. I don't understand how they could have uh, made decisions without seeing this footage, considering the fact that it exists. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they put to rest the storyline of uh, that that officer had been killed uh, by protesters. Uh, to criticize what I had seen, uh, I did not like his uh, Tucker's opening of saying, we will not be putting together, we did not have use of facial recognition software. I don't understand why they, you're Fox News. When yeah. you and I make a claim of, oh, for production reasons, we couldn't do something, that makes sense. When you're Fox News, uh, I, I, I've even seen articles of people getting thrown out of Madison Square Garden because they're using facial rec, which is awesome of Dolan. I don't usually like Dolan, <laughs> but throwing out lawyers because they might be prosecuting you is pretty awesome. That so is, is kind of cool. I, I would think that one of the most interesting parts of the storyline are how many federal agents might have been on the ground, who was opening up doors, and I guess facial recognition t- technology is not that scarce or unavailable. Uh, if you have access to all this footage to see who was actually committing the crimes on those days and then to see if those individuals haven't been prosecuted, that would be the most damning piece of evidence. Yeah, I, I thought I, I had a similar feeling where I was like and, and I, I will plead here that I'm, I'm somewhat ignorant on like the technology aspect of this. But I, I was kind of surprised. What do you mean you didn't have access to facial recognition technology? Like, can't you use it? And now also, now that you're turning over the videos, isn't it just open to the internet for anyone to use facial recognition like technology? I, I again, I forgive me if I'm if this is like a really ignorant point that I'm making here. But I just I, I I was a little lost on that. It didn't exactly add up to me. And I think it's important to separate. There were people who were uh, violent on that day, who probably had who have accountability for the violence that they engaged in. And then you have a lot of people who peacefully walked into a building. And then you had the media trying to pretend like this was a terrorist uprising and we need domestic terrorists. So you you have a lot of people that engaged in wrong, but actually separating out the violent individuals from the nonviolent individuals, freeing the nonviolent individuals from jail, and then breaking the storyline as to whether or not the FBI was involved in provoking the violence, which then might also get the violent individuals off is very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I mean, it's funny in a way because, and this is a pretty classic tactic of the the progressives, the kind of neoliberal establishment types, um, and in all of their domains of influence, this is true, from, you know, universities to Hollywood to the corporate press to politics, all of it, is that they just always, and it's a shockingly effective strategy, is they always kind of accuse you of doing or planning on doing what they themselves are doing. Right? So this is like you could apply this all across uh, different political and cultural landscapes. Like just the, you know, they accuse you of being racist. Well, they are the most racist people you, like you could imagine. They actually like that, like very literally see people divided along racial lines and think that that, you know, ascribes like you know, preference or guilt or whatever to you. Uh, But they call everybody else guilty of being racist. You know, they talk about um, how you tried to overthrow the, you know, our democracy while they literally worked to overthrow our democracy in many different ways. They, you know, everything, whatever. If uh, Putin destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline, although now they're admitting that's not true, but they accuse everyone else of doing exactly what they are doing. That's kind of their game. Um, and in this case, they're accusing Tucker Carlson of releasing, of cherry-picking footage to try to create a certain narrative. But, but of course, that's what they've been doing all along. So we've seen all of this video footage that has been released. But some, they just decided what could be released and what couldn't. And what, and what's, what have we seen? We've seen the windows being smashed. We've seen the the scuffles with with cops. We've seen the what do they call him the QAnon shaman shaman. We've seen him being really crazy and yelling really weird things. But for whatever reason, we didn't see what we just found from uh, Tucker Carlson. Uh, so here, let's play some of the video that uh, that Tucker released. This was the guy who became the face of the violent, deadly insurrection who's been sitting in jail 
for months. Um, and, and here's what was actually going on that day. Conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for getting the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th. The industry. All right. So, I mean, just just to be clear here, these this was the guy who was made out to be the face of this thing. What they said over and over was a was a violent, deadly insurrection. And the reality of and, and, and of course, the images of him in the Senate was what was kind of like one of the centerpieces of this whole thing. And now we see that. Cops were escorting him around, trying to get him into the Senate, into the Senate floor. They tried multiple doors that were locked and then found one and opened it for him, escorted him inside. Then they all led a prayer together and where he thanked the Capitol Police. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Yo Kratom, home of the $60 Kilo. And of course, a huge uh, supporter of this show, this network our comedy festival, Skank Fest, everything we do, Yo Kratom is right there helping us do it. So if you are in the market for Kratom or if someone you know enjoys Kratom who's over the age of 21 and is a responsible adult, definitely get your Kratom for your friends or yourself at YoKratom.com. It's uh, lab-tested, high-quality stuff. It's delivered right to your door, and it's the best price you're going to find anywhere, $60 for a kilo, only at YoKratom.com. All right, let's get back into the show. There's a few different possibilities of what exactly could be going on here. But none of them are a violent insurrection. That's, that's just not what we're seeing a, a, a video of here. People can say whatever they want to about like, you know, like how reckless it is for Tucker to release this. I'm sorry. This is not an insurrection. Now, as Tucker himself said, there's no doubt that there were some hooligans there who broke some windows and like there were. But. This guy certainly wasn't one of them, and the overwhelming majority of them were incredibly peaceful. Remember, mostly peaceful <laughs> riots? Remember that? This was a mostly peaceful, um, you know, event. And, I, and I'm sorry, I don't even think you can call it trespassing anymore. If, if there's a whole bunch of cops around you, like, I, I don't know, and again, I'm not, like, uh, claiming to be an expert on, like, the, the legal statutes on this or anything, but if I if you like showed up at a house um, and wanted to enter it and there were like nine cops there with you that escorted you inside and opened the door for you and then they go, oh, you trespassed into this house. I think from my perspective, it would be not talking about what's legal, but just like what's right from my point of view it would be completely correct for you to be like, well, a bunch of cops escorted me in. I figured I, I was allowed to be there. I don't know. That would seem to be a very compelling case to me. So I'm sorry for anybody who's been like making this argument that this was some crazy violent. They were trying to overthrow our democracy or any of this. This is just devastating. Like this is just not at all what's happening here. Yeah. And once again, how is this footage not given in this court case? And, not, and, and in his court case and then also in like a, a, a congressional hearing about this that like none of this was was deemed necessary to show you're going to allow the um you know the 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 press and the politicians like every single day to try to pretend that this was something that it wasn't you know to try to stoke this narrative and no one even thinks like 
oh, this would be this would kind of be vital information for you to have. Like this is actually what it looked like on the inside. Right. It's also it's so odd that he's walking these hallways with no one else in the hallways. Where yeah. are all the other uh, protesters at this time? That's where it almost starts looking like a film opportunity. Not well, going there, but it does seem very odd to see just this one guy in hallways being walked around with police and there's no one else. What, did they clear the hallway of everyone else? Again, this is kind of what I said before that I was alluding to, where I go, there's several possibilities of what could be going on here, but none of them are a violent insurrection. Like, that's just not one of them. Um, again, we don't know. But there is, you got to admit, man, there's something that seems really fishy about this. It's like, especially knowing what comes out after it. So here you just have a guy who's wearing this most like insane outfit. And it's almost like these cops. It, it looks as if an airway has a, a, an area has been cleared for him. Not saying it has been, but like that's kind of how it looks. And it seems like they're determined on a mission to get him into the Senate House floor, into the Senate uh, uh, chamber, rather. Like, what? Why? Now, don't. So my point is, there's still a lot of questions here. Like we don't know. It, a lot of them seem to like. I don't know. I don't know exactly what explains this. I mean, if you want to tell me, oh, he just went over to these cops and said, hey, I really want to go into the the Senate floor, and they were like, okay, we'll get you in there. Sure, no problem. I, I suppose that's possible. Um, now that would completely slap down the whole. This was a violent insurrection, and all these cops are traumatized from this day at war that they had, or something like that. But. Um, it, it does just lead you to wonder about why were they determined to get this guy in there? It almost seems like s there was some plan here. Um, and of course we know what, what ended up happening was the plan to get to this end. I, I don't know, but there, it does make you wonder. It does make you wonder what the hell is going on here. It's very bizarre to see these hallways that are empty except for like 10, uh, you know, police officers and this shaman, and they're all working toward getting him onto the Senate floor. That's not what we were told the story was of this day. That's not at all of this thing that was, you know, supposed to be the worst thing that's happened to America. I mean, just keep in mind, and this is not, it almost sounds like I'm bullshitting when I say this, but like, try to keep in mind what was, what the claims about January 6th were. January 6th, was compared to Pearl Harbor and 9-11 by the sitting vice president of the United States of America. So I'm not just saying, like, some lefty podcaster said this. You know what I mean? Like, this is what the vice president said. Joe Biden claimed that five police officers were killed. The, the actual number was zero. You know, like, there's, there's just, they really, really tried to spin this into something that it just wasn't, however you feel about January 6th. Um, it's just, it's not what they were claiming it was. Um, there's, there's some, some of the response to this has been, uh, pretty entertaining as well. Um, we could, we could get into a little bit of that. Um, we had, uh, you had, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, responding. Or I guess before we, we go to Chuck Schumer, I would say there were a few other things that were, were, you know, that stood out. Now, of course, Tucker Carlson has said this is just part one uh, tonight. He says he's going to be doing a whole new thing on this. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, there were a lot of videos in general that just showed how orderly people were being. In fact, there was one video that kind of stuck out to me where there's like something knocked over on the ground and a guy goes and picks it up and like sets it back up. Right. You know, it's that they they showed that they really tried. Um, what's that one um, congressman who they tried to mock at the January 6th? Uh, hearings when they showed him jogging away. Oh, uh, Hawley. Yes. No, I think it was the senator. I think it was Senator uh, Josh Hawley. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Um, so they tried to mock him. However, when you see the full video, you realize that he was the last one. So he was actually, everyone went before him and then he went, which it's just little things like that where you're like, oh, you want to talk about what they're accusing Tucker Carlson of doing here of like, um, you know, uh, um, you know, dishonestly, you know, showing things out of context or like editing things to try to pay. It's like, well, that's what you guys did at the actual like committee. This it's is also, what you guys did. It was so odd that they laughed because if you thought that that was a violent crowd there to overthrow the government, why wouldn't you be running away from that crowd? It oh, didn't and, make sense right. why the room of people even laughed at that 
No, it's, that, it's, it's totally fine to weaponize that against your political enemies. But then, like, if AOC is scared or something like that, we have to all be, you know, uh, um, we have to all be so sympathetic to that. Anyway, um, there, there was, were there any other takeaways to you that were, like, big from the, from the videos that were released? Well, I think I was kidding all the way back when this happened that it was basically people who skipped the line to take a tour. Uh, and there certainly were some people that engaged in violence and those people should have accountability. But once the decision was made by the police to let them in and they're standing there and they're opening up doors and everyone else that was inside the building, uh, those people need to be let out of jail. The people that did violence, they need to be held accountable. But it's pretty clear that a lot of these people were just walking around, taking some pictures. And the idea that we have some uprising of domestic terrorism that the FBI needs to become more involved in policing the Internet is just certifiably false. And the people that strung these strung these narratives who had access to all this footage bear some accountability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this is uh, again, the, these people who have continued to spread this narrative that this uh, um, the, the, the narrative that's been spread for, you know, two years now. Um, they had access to this footage. So they knew all along. Well, anyone could tell you from looking at this stuff. It's, it's, it's just this simple. This was not an insurrection. It's just not what it was. It's describe it however you want to. That is not the word that you would use to describe this. It's just not. And it's, uh, hopefully this will end up in the history books, but the lengths and efforts the FBI went to prosecuting the random individuals that were walking around on that day. I mean, we know all the violence that was happening in these cities prior and us mm -hmm. saying, hey, they could find these people if they wanted to, but they didn't, they didn't want to. They didn't want to look on Facebook. They didn't want to look at the geo tracking. They didn't want to look at camera footage from cities. Some, nobody was held accountable for any of the other protests that we saw throughout COVID. Re looting of stores. We saw a lot of shit. And then all yeah. of a sudden when it came to this, they were working with Facebook. They spent millions of dollars, I think, in, I think in like the hundreds of millions of dollars on prosecutors to track these individuals down. And as more of the footage comes out, I think it's going to become apparent just how absolutely evil that was of government. Yeah. And I think I, I mean, look, I think there, it's not only that they didn't spend it on like the summer of love, you know, uh, riots, but they uh, they spent it in the opposite direction. They were spending money to make sure that violent criminals were bailed out immediately and got right back out there into rioting. Look. I've talked about this before, but if we want to go before we go to Chuck Schumer, I suppose we could kind of zoom out to like the bigger picture of all of this. Again, this is not I'm not saying this as if like I definitively know for sure. Um, but it's just too much to ignore. When you zoom out and look at the year that was 2020, of course, this technically was in January of 2021, but let's extend that year six more days and include January 6th in that period of time. It's hard to not see this thing as a colored revolution, which is something that uh, that we know without a doubt that our, our government, the CIA, uh, the State Department and a bunch of government connected NGOs. This is something that they employ. They've employed it all throughout Eastern Europe. They've em employed it in the Middle East and Northern Africa. And this is like its textbook. On every level, it's like what they would what they do is a mix of all of these different measures. Um, it's it's these kind of Madison Avenue, huge uh, publicity uh, campaigns, PR campaigns. Uh, they sponsor um, uh, violent protests. Um, they they do ballot stuffing and, and try to, like, steal the election. And then another thing that they quite often do is create false flags of violence from the 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 group that they're trying to overthrow. So if you look, you know, in, in like uh, it was the one in, in Egypt, I think it was where they had like some protesters out there. And then they have these groups uh, like the guys on horseback who were posing as Mubarak's people just fucking being violent to people in the crowd. So then that makes the crowd get even more crazy because they're like, look, they're violently putting us down. And then they run this whole thing like they've got it down to a science. And the whole year of 2020 from locking down like tanking the economy in trump's last year to the sponsoring violent riots in the streets to overhauling the way we do our election system and and look even if, if you see a january 6th here what was it 
the purpose of it is pretty clear, right? That you, okay, so what do you get out of this? Well, obviously, as we've talked about and, and you were just getting at, it was the impetus for the new domestic war on terrorism, an expansion of FBI surveillance powers and really targeting, you know, the right wing extremist terrorist threat or whatever they call it. But try to go back and remember the timing of this. I mean, this was this was the nail in the coffin for Donald Trump, like politically. I mean, he's trying to make a comeback now, but this was the thing that made him actually shut up and go away. He was vowing to continue to fight. You know what I mean? Uh, and this was like after this, it was like, oh, no, dude, you're about to get impeached again. And you're going to like basically at this point, you're completely boxed in. So, you know. The question of why they would use facial recognition technology or whatever, or why they would go after all these guys but not go after the people, um, you know, who were rioting earlier that year, well, seems fairly obvious that it's like one helped their cause and one, and then the other one helped their cause to go after those people. So it's just pretty. The whole thing is um, is really something, and uh, there really has been, you know, you could argue in a sense, a revolution in this country over the last three years. Now, we're, we are a drastically different country than we were in 2019. There's now, uh, you know, okay, technically, the, was the government overthrown? Well, I mean, the Trump government was overthrown. Our, our system is still, at least in name, you know, we're still under the same constitution. But at the same time, if you really look at the history of the United States of America, you could look at it all, which is kind of like the way you'd be taught in government school would be like, oh, yeah, like uh, 1776 is like when, the, you know, the Declaration of Independence is codified. And that's the regime we've had from then till 2023. But in reality, we've had like several revolutions since then and several revolutions where it's a completely different system of government. I mean, at at. at the Articles of Confederation were overthrown. There was like a coup that overthrew the, the binding agreement and then installed the Constitution, which was just signed by a bunch of elites. It's not like this was passed by like national referendum. It was like a group of elites, you know, like gave us the Constitution. And then certainly, you know, I don't know, there's probably one in between there, but certainly the Civil War was kind of another um, revolution in the style of governing in America where you had, you know, a group of the states who wanted to secede, which they pretty clearly had the right to do, uh, seeing as how they formed the union to begin with. And then they were violently put down. It was like, no, you're not going to. You're going to be and you're going to be occupied by the northern forces. And then it was like, OK, that's a whole different system of government. I think you could certainly argument uh, you could certainly argue that the progressive era, you know, like uh, um, the, even starting I, I, there might have been a couple revolutions in there. Like I, I think Woodrow Wilson uh, um, instituting the Federal Reserve and the income tax was kind of a revolution. Like this is kind of a different governing structure now. This is a whole different thing. If you have a federal government that doesn't have the power to, to have an income tax or to print money out of thin air versus one that does, I certainly think you could consider the New Deal a revolution. Um, you know, and and then certainly with you know the post World War II kind of the creation of the CIA and the deep state. And then, you know, the Kennedy assassination eh, you could really look at as a revolution of like, OK, who's really running the country now? Well, it's not the same people who used to be running the country now. It's kind of this whole different thing. So there's been several of these. And I don't know exactly what you'd call the last three years, but it certainly was, is like it's another step in that, you know, in, in that kind of history of this being OK. Yeah, technically, they call it the same government. But, oh, we're really in a much different world than we were in 2019. It's really just a very different world. Um, the censorship revolution. Well, yeah, there's certainly I mean, that's that's a big part of it for sure. It's also it's pretty interesting um, what's going on right now, uh, just over the last the last few uh, weeks where there's. Um, the, OK, so. It's hard exactly to say what what you think is going on here. Um, it's it's quite possible that this is what they uh, what, what's it called a, like a limited hangout, um, which is a, a term where basically what happens is like if if uh, some corruption is being uh, exposed, what you do is you concede a little bit of it, 
you know, to kind of go like, okay, yeah, you were right about this, but we're not going to get at any of the really, really dark, deeper stuff. We'll give you a little bit of it and assure you that we're taking care of this little problem. Like it's better than just deny, deny, deny sometimes because sometimes those little bits are so impossible to deny that you have to at least give them something. You know what I mean? Um, But there have been several, I mean, look, from the Department of Energy and the FBI just coming out and conceding the lab leak thing, uh, there was a, a big uh, piece in the New York Times, which is not really a piece in the New York Times as much as it is, you know, an intelligence briefing. <laughs> like, that's really more or less what it is. They just said, oh, yeah, by the way, we, they, they uh, agree that Russia um, did not um, uh, Russia did not blow up their own pipeline. They'll kind of they'll give you that one. Right. Like they're not quite going to give you what uh, what, you know, um, um, you know, the, the, they're not going to give you that it was America. They said they, they believe now that it was like pro Ukrainian groups, which is, you know, that's vague. Um, but so and and just all these things. And now the January 6th thing, it does seem like there's a lot going on where they're little by little admitting. Things, but they're not admitting the worst of it. You know what I mean? So like with the with the lab leak, okay, we're admitting, uh, you know, that it might have originated in the lab. But we're not exactly going to get into like, was this actually a U.S.-Chinese partnership for developing chemical weapons or bioweapons or whatever you want to call it? You know, like there's they're giving you like the tip of the iceberg here and hoping that's kind of going to be enough. Uh, same thing with the Nord Stream pipeline. Okay, we'll admit it wasn't Russia. Yeah, that was a little goofy. Yeah, you're not really going to believe that Russia blew up their own pipeline. But are, they're not exactly admitting that, like, the United States of America committed an act of industrial terrorism and environmental terrorism. And now with January 6th, it seems like we're getting a little of, like, okay, we'll admit it wasn't quite the insurrection that we claimed it was, but we're not really exactly being given the full truth, which does seem now to be, you know... I mean, pretty goddamn likely. But between the Ray Epps stuff and the uh, the FBI and the top people at the Justice Department all but conceding there were federal agents involved in this to cops pulling barricades aside to now we see that the cops were actually determined to get this shaman onto the Senate floor. I mean, man, this really does feel like this just... It feels really false flaggy, man. Like it really does feel like this was almost created uh, to, you know, for a reason. And then certainly once it happened, they jumped right on it. And this became their major uh, propaganda push uh, over the last uh, couple of years. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Fume. If you are a smoker and you're trying to kick the habit, or perhaps you already kicked the habit, but you struggle with cravings, you got to give Fume a try. Fume is the natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and natural way to quit smoking cigarettes. It's a no-smoke, no-vape, no-nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit of smoking. I know a bunch of people who have successfully quit by using Fume. It's, it's a, basically, it's made out of Canadian maple. It's like a wooden little thing. And you put these cores filled with plant oils from these like super plants that are studied to curb cravings. So you just kind of breathe them in. It's really nice and really like relaxing and it feels good. They have flavors like peppermint and concord with minty notes that simulate menthol cigarettes and other flavors like lemonberry bliss for a sweeter experience. Fume was made in Calgary, Alberta, Canada in an effort to build a world of positive habits and has since helped over 50,000 customers around the world. They're on a mission to help a million people quit smoking by 2025. Not only does Fume help with the quitting process, they also have support beyond quitting with over a dozen cores for relaxation, energy, and more. Quitting is tough, but Fume can really help. So right now, go to breathefume.com slash problem and use the promo code problem. That will get you 10% off your entire order. Again, you might be a smoker. You might be an ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings. Either way, Fume is the perfect tool for you. Breathefume.com. That's B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M.com slash problem. Promo code problem for 10% off your entire order. All right, let's get back into the show. Anyway, it's just, it, again, I was talking about this a little bit um, a couple podcasts ago where you go, look, like, just 
if you think about the stuff that happened at the beginning of the first 21st century, uh, being lied into wars and the Great Recession and all of this, and you go, well, what was the result of that? Sometimes you kind of got to take, you got to wait, um, you know, say 10 years to, to really see like how, wh- how, how profound of an impact did this have? And okay, so the economy crashes in 2008 after we've been lied into all these wars. And eight years later, Donald Trump is being sworn in this president, you know, and you have Antifa in the streets and you have all of this and like, you, you know, and it's just like all these things coming out like so quickly right now and everything that's happened over the last three years really does make you wonder like, whew, what's the result of all this going to be? Because, man, how the hell do you ever trust any of these people again? Here's best case scenario for this one. And I don't know if it'll happen, but you can fantasize sometimes. Uh, they make the information publicly available online, like all the footage. Someone actually takes the time and they do the files of every single person that's been prosecuted and their actions of those days. And then they take all the footage of the people that were actually violent, opened up a door, breached the area and find out th- these would be the two questions I'd want answered. One was, the, are those people prosecuted? Are they sa- are they facing the same exact like uh, uh, penalties as the people that we've seen who are just walking around who got in trouble? And then even the ones that have gotten in trouble what are their military or intelligence ties? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's those are that that's exactly what we'd want to know, what we'd want to get to the bottom of uh with all of this. Anyway, it'll be interesting. You know, there were the, I, I saw some people like kind of arguing on Twitter about this. Like some people would be saying, uh, they'd be like they'd be like, dude, this is gonna expose everything now. Look, they're complete and then there'd be kind of what I'd say a little bit more of a black pilled response of people being like yeah, but they'll just they'll just write this off as whatever Tucker Carlson did this. Like if all the covid stuff didn't wake people up, then this isn't going to wake people up. And the propaganda always seems to win. And I would just I, I'm much more on the optimistic side of this uh, where I go, look, man, like like I said, 10 years after all that shit that happened in the beginning of the, the 21st century. Look at where the trust in institutions has gone. It's like evaporated. I'm not saying everyone will be woken up and there won't be some people who still, you know, just fall into the propaganda. But my God, man, like this is I I don't know. It's not just that trust in every major institution is evaporated. I don't see how it could ever possibly be regained after this latest round of just no like it's just so obvious that like to anyone who's even remotely paying attention, this whole thing is fake. Everything is fake. Like everything that comes from the corporate press is fake. It's all a lie. And uh, yeah, anyway. Okay, so as we said before, let's play. I actually didn't see this yet. You just uh, uh, br- uh, mentioned this, but let's, let's watch a little bit. Here was Chuck Schumer's response to uh, the, this new footage coming out. Millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine? A nonviolent demonstration, a perfectly fine and appropriate instance of people expressing their opinion. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. Okay, let's pause it for a second. I just, I already love, he's like, in one of the worst hours that we've ever had. Yeah, the Tucker Carlson show last night, it was, I don't know, it was like Pearl Harbor and 9-11 and January 6th. There's one more yesterday, too. What was yesterday? I think it was the 6th. March 6th. Throw it right up there with all the rest. It's just like all they have. But again, just, just notice that He's like accusing Tucker even of doing exactly what he's done with selectively edited, you know, clips. It's like, well, yeah, that's what you guys have been basing your narrative off of. 
why aren't you allowed to look at some other clips and then put a narrative together with them with more information rather than less and yeah it's it's like to to say that this is this like crazy conspiracy i mean we're watching it we're watching it along with him he's showing us what was going on here what so uh, okay i mean it, it seems to me to be like uh you know the, the conspiracy seems to more be that you're claiming this was an insurrection or the or the wilder consp- uh, uh, theory on this, at least. And then, you know, when they talk about just spreading lies, knowingly lying to his audience, and you're like, you told me that a police officer was beat to death with a fire extinguisher. Like, they, the president said five police officers died. Like, what do you... It, again, it's just they accuse you of everything that they're doing themselves. All right, let's keep playing from uh, Chuck Schumer a little more. Many of my staff were here at the Capitol on January 6th. Their lives were put in danger, as were the lives of many of my colleagues, as well as police, maintenance staff, reporters, countless others. At one point, I was within 30 feet of the rioters. One of them, I was told, shouted out, let's get him before my detail pulled me away and we ran in the other direction. To say January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie pure and simple. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers <laughs> the way Mr. Carlson did last uh, Let's pause it right there. <laughs> Never. I couldn't even think of another example. Have they ever even done that on cable news? I mean, manipulate their viewers? Rob, that's, I couldn't. You know, cable news does a lot of things. I mean, sure. They'll, you know, sure, they'll tell you that this vaccine will guarantee you can't get COVID, or maybe they'll tell you that Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. Maybe they'll even tell you Vladimir Putin blew up his own pipeline. But they would never manipulate their viewers. Not about something that matters. Chuck Schumer was a bit frightened before nothing happened to him. Now, that's the manipulation that really matters. Something where, you know, innocent people could actually be hurt. Innocent people like Chuck Schumer. Sure, they might get the Iraq war wrong, but no innocent people were hurt in that. It's this is the real this I I can't think of another example of cable news manipulating its viewers. That is for the first time Tucker Carlson crossed that line last night. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable the world that these people live in and try to convince you is reality. Yeah. All right, let's keep playing. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. (laughs) Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. And Speaker McCarthy is every... This is the most interesting part where uh, they're getting out there going, we're sticking to our story and we're giving you the warning that you better not push this any further. Yeah. And I'm sure behind closed doors, they're getting significantly more threatening calls of, hey, guys, this is the line and we're coming after you. Uh, and I mean, this is just censorship. These are the people telling you, hey, we are not allowed people to have free information because if they do, they're not going to believe us. But you're, they're lying. It, it, yeah. It, Make it fucking public. Why don't we just make all the footage public so that no one can selectively edit? Why don't we just get to see what happened? If this was really the most violent and terrible thing that's ever happened in our entire history, then more footage would help better explain. Like, that would sell your storyline unless that's not what the footage shows. Yes. And there, um, you know, there's it's really something to be like. So even if Chuck Schumer's what he's saying was true, then what the result he should call for it to all be released. He should be saying, don't just release these segments, release the whole damn thing. Right. But he's not. What he's saying is don't release any more of it. Do not do another show where you say and he doesn't even know what clips are going to be released uh, tonight. But he's like, don't don't you release any more of them. Uh, So that's, you know, something. It's also he's, again, just being so dishonest. What he tried to do there is because he goes, it's lies. You know, it's lies. And you've admitted that it's lies. But what he's referring to is Robert Murdoch's uh, testimony. Uh, that came out uh, last week or the week before where he said he didn't believe the election was stolen. That's not saying he believes January 6th was 
that this the shaman wasn't let in. And by the way, look, let's say nothing else. Okay, let's say nothing else to forget the give them the out of context thing. It was terrible and people were scared and they said, hey, let's get him to Chuck Schumer. And he was scared and there was violence and there was all this. I mean, even the official story is not that this cop was killed anymore or that anyone was killed. Uh, but whatever. Grant Chuck Schumer, whatever bullshit official story he's he's going with now. This was an insurrection, right? This was an insurrection. And to say it's not an insurrection is complete bullshit. This was clearly an insurrection and it clearly was violent. And all these people are scared. It's like, okay. And also the shaman was escorted around by police and then let into the Senate floor. Right? Like, you can't deny that because we just saw it happen. So isn't that at least, even within your bullshit story, isn't that something worth knowing? Like, just assuming you're not like a lying piece of shit, right? Like, let's say, wouldn't that be something worth knowing? At the very least, to like shore up the Capitol Police for next time or whatever, you know, to be like, hey, maybe that to grill those guys and ask them some questions. Why were you doing this? Why would you be helping a violent insurrection? I mean, by your own logic here, these cops were kind of complicit. That might actually be an act of treason. No, if it if if we're talking about a violent insurrection to overthrow the government and they're aiding it, but I don't know. Seems like it'd be worth knowing, asking some questions about. So the whole thing is just so goofy. It makes no sense, even from his own, you know, uh, ridiculous uh, point of view. Um, so, yeah, I, I, here, let's play a little bit more of it, and then we'll... Uh... Three bit as culpable as Mr. Carlson. Speaker McCarthy's decision to share security footage with Fox looked like a mistake from the very beginning. But after last night, it looks like a disaster. Speaker McCarthy has played a treacherous, a treacherous game by catering to the hard right. He's enabled the big lie and has further eroded away at our precious democracy. When people don't believe elections are on the level, that's the beginning of the end of this bold experiment in democracy. That has gone on for more than 200 years. What he really means, right, by the way, is if there. I can't lie to people and be a totalitarian, tol- 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 I don't even know words anymore. <laughs> but he's like, if I don't just get to lie and claim things as being true and be above other people, then what's the point of this whole thing? And I guess he's kind of right. What, what's so great about being in power if you can't exploit your power? That's really what he's complaining about. Yes, here. it's it, like, as is often the case with these people, they're not exactly wrong. It's almost like if they're from their perspective, it's kind of like they have the attitude of like pre uh, revolutionary French aristocrats or something like that. But they're like, look, I was born to rule and you're born to work. And like I should tax you and then live off of the taxes that you give me. Like that's the idea, right? Like I'm the ruling class and you're the working class. And that's the way God wants it. Like from that perspective, you know, it's like, yeah, last night was a disaster. <laughs> like it was a disaster. If they don't believe in this, then there goes our whole system. I forget of democracy, but what democracy just means this current system that we have. So it's like, yeah, I mean, if people don't believe in the election results, then I don't know. Then they don't believe that God gave me the right to rule over them. That's no good. And, and so, yeah, um, that that is true in a sense. Uh, but but it's all again, you know, it's so like twisted up to say that. He's saying Murdoch and these guys, oh, you're, you know, you're giving credence to the big lie. And this is, oh, if people don't believe in our democracy, then what can't, if they don't have trust in their elections or whatever. Of course, this this is none of that. This has to do with none of that. Now, there was, I mean, the January 6th protest uh, was about them not believing that. But for us to just know the truth about what those people who didn't believe the election results did that day is not it's not as if you necessarily have to conclude from that that, oh, yeah, the election was there for a sham. Just saying, oh, no, you're lying to me about what happened that day. That's all. It's just uh, but it's interesting for him to go, oh, you know, if if uh, if people don't believe in the election results, then we no longer have a democracy like, oh, okay, well, then maybe you should really convince them that the elections are legitimate. How what just shutting down Tucker Carlson? Like, let's say he gets his way. He gets his way and Tucker comes out tonight after saying he's doing another part two with more footage that they have. He goes, yeah, the Murdochs won't let me do it. 
Fox News is telling me I can't do this. You think that helps in terms of people trusting in the, the process that they now, oh, now we believe the election because Chuck Schumer got you to shut it down? <laughs> I mean, this is not this is not something that there is. is it, it's like there's almost an admission there, right? Which is that like we know the more that comes out, the less they'll believe in us. So we're better off shutting it down. It's in, in a way, you know, when these guys, when they when they'd rather because, you know, when you, if you look at it from the perspective of like if they were telling the truth, you'd go, well, then if you're telling the truth and you want people to believe that you're telling the truth, then you'd want as much information as possible to come out. You'd want as much transparency. You'd be actually the one demanding investigations into the election of 2020. Like, no, 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 we're going to have a full transparent, you know, investigation because I want you to know this is legit. I want all the footage to be released so you know how awful January 6th is, all this stuff. But, of course, there's a reason why they're not going. Basically, even Chuck Schumer, I'm sure, knows that it would be very bad for, say, uh, people trusting in the system if they were to shut down Tucker Carlson's show. He knows that's bad. He thinks that's better than the alternative. He might be right. Like you said, he's essentially refusing to take a breathalyzer test when he's hammered and pulled over, right? And you, you could sit there and argue, you go, dude, this is just going to make you look like you're really drunk. And, he, you know, and he's like, no, 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 you have to trust in my driving. I'm not going to take a breathalyzer test. And you're like, oh, yeah, because it actually does make sense from his point of view. Because he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm hammered. And if I blow into this breathalyzer, then that's proof that I'm hammered. And if I don't, there's at least, you know, some question about it. I can at least continue to deny and then make up some other reason why I didn't want to do it. So he knows it. He doesn't want more of this shit released. They're, they're, uh, the, the elites are worried about this. All right, guys, let's take a quick moment to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers professional counseling done securely online. So if you feel like there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, definitely go check out BetterHelp. Uh, a lot of people, I think, believe that uh, therapy is, you know, something where you're just going to be exploring your childhood issues and digging up a bunch of stuff that's going to be uncomfortable. That, that is part of it. But a lot of times it's just helping you work on techniques to achieve what you want to achieve and to figure out what obstacles are getting in your way. I've benefited from therapy in the past. I know a lot of people who have. Whatever you're dealing with, BetterHelp has a wide range of counselors available for you. Plus, BetterHelp is a lot more affordable than traditional counseling. Financial aid is available, and it's easy to get started. Once you sign up, BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be able to communicate with them in under 48 hours. Uh, this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so it's easy and free to switch counselors if you need to. You can send a message to your counselor at any time, and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so it's the perfect way to do therapy if you're busy and you don't feel like going back to sitting in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp.com slash problem. That's where you got to go to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. New testimonials from users are posted daily. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. BetterHelp.com slash problem. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash problem. That will get you 10% off your first month. One more time, that's betterhelp.com slash problem for 10% off your first month. All right, let's get back into the show. There's been several other clips uh, floating around, too, where it's basically like the same thing. Just everyone freaking out. Sorry, he's lying to his people. His selectively edited footage. He should stop doing this. How could McCarthy give it to him? It's like all of them. This is what they're saying. But, of course, you know, they're, it, it, what's really funny about it is he's not, he's not doing anything that the January 6th committee themselves didn't do. I mean, they released selectively edited footage. You know? It's, it's not as if Tucker Carlson is denying the other stuff that was released. He's just saying, like, well, look, here's more. And this kind of paints a different picture. But the, the January 6th, they did the same thing. They released selectively edited footage to craft a narrative, which is kind of easy to craft if you only look at the, like, you know, the, the tiny percentage of the people who entered the building who were actually being hooligans that day, then, okay, yeah, you could, you could see this narrative. 
But when you see the whole thing in full context, it changes things quite a bit. Um, and certainly it is a, it's an outrage, as we've said many times on this show. It's an outrage that anyone who, uh, who was in the Capitol building that day who di- wasn't like breaking things or fighting with anyone or anything like that, that any of them are being prosecuted is just appalling. Like you're being prosecuted for the crime of entering the house, which is known as the people's house that was paid for with your tax dollars. That's enough to send you to fucking solitary confinement. It's just appalling. You know, one of the things I guess we could we kind of close on this. But one of the things that I've, I've been I was thinking about after last night's uh, Tucker Carlson show, I couldn't I couldn't help. Uh, I couldn't help but remember this exchange that I had um, with this guy who's I, I won't even mention his name, but he's a he's a real he's one of the the fucking weirdo libertarians who I debated uh, before and really embarrassed. Um, and he was one of the guys who rage quit the Libertarian Party because, you know, the Mises caucus took over the whole thing. And and I, I remember this. So it was I don't remember exactly what I've said. The tweets are all up. You could go find them if you look back. But it was it was right around January 6, 2021. And I was coming out, you know, me and you did a live stream that night. I was tweeting about it the next day. And we we were talking about, like, you know, how this is going to be used by the regime, how this isn't really what they're claiming it is. But it was kind of stupid. And you got to watch out for these things and all the takes that we had, all of which aged pretty damn well, you know, and um, and he posted and he said, this was it. Like, write it down in the history books. This was the day that the Mises Caucus takeover failed. This was about a year before we took over the whole party. We had, at this point, probably taken over, you know, gone state by state. We were taking over a lot of the state parties. But it wasn't until May of 2022 that we took over the whole thing in, in Reno. And so, so about a year before this, a little more than a year, he goes, this was the day that it failed. Remember this day in history type thing. Um, he goes, you know, libertarians will put up with a lot, but defending a violent insurrection to install a totalitarian dictator, that'll be, this is a bridge too far. And I remember responding and I go, keep, hold on to that opinion. This is the day the takeover was insured. <laughs> this is the day. You guys defending the official narrative coming out on this is the day, like, that. I mean, look, within a group of libertarians, you think it's going to be popular to defend the regime's narrative for launching the domestic war on terrorism? That's what you think is going to be uh, is going to be, you know, like your big ace in the hole. Like, All right. And it's very funny to just see. And this isn't just this is for libertarians particularly, but this is even bigger than that for for everybody. You see how much like if nothing else. You, you see how much. Hold on, did I? Uh, oh, was that I'm you here. or was that me? I don't oh, okay. think anyone froze. Uh, well, it's on my on my screen. It did here. I'll keep going. You you see how much the people who are are on the right side of these issues benefit from it. It's all over the place. You see how like the people who have a good track record on this they benefit. They gain in influence and 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 they gain in following and they they gain in like you know what I mean like control of the 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 kind of narrative and it's on look man just try to keep in mind especially when it really matters like when the thing first comes out to not fold to the pressure of the regime narratives to not be sitting there saying you know like look there's even people who i know uh who are like you know like some of the bigger right-wing voices and who said things like uh, when uh, when those those rockets went off in Poland and they were like, oh, man, Russia's got to really pay for this one, you know, for the first few hours when they were claiming Russia did it. And now I'll see them. And every time they post something about Ukraine, everybody's like, oh, yeah, aren't you the one who said that Russia's got-? it's like, yeah, dude, that's right. You got to like your people are especially if you're talking about the group of people who oppose this regime, they're looking for people who actually get it. You know what I mean? And so it's just like with these things, just like everything else, as we've seen just in this week, it's like and I I don't mean this just to like pat ourselves on the back. That's part of it. 
but I don't mean it exclusively for that. I mean, this is like advice to people. If you're going to be in this space and talking about these things, at least say the thing that fucking matters. And you see this week as it comes out that like, oh, yeah, the lab leak theory is correct. Oh, yeah, it wasn't Russia who blew up Nord Stream. Oh, yeah, January 6th wasn't at all what it was described to be. Just with all these things, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that looks pretty good for all the people who were willing to say that when it mattered. And it looks really bad for all the people who weren't. Now, I know that there's people out there who just put their head in the sand and just buy into the propaganda. But you know what? That's, they're a non-factor. And I, in the sense that we're not playing for them. We're playing for the rest of us. We're playing a different game. So within this game, right, you want to try to to play to those people who will listen. And I'll tell you, just from my experience, from Rob's experience, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them who are out there and are willing to listen to this shit if you actually tell the truth and get it right with some consistency. Um, all right. Be interested to see what uh, what Tucker Carlson releases next. And, Is it going to uh, be nightly or how's he uh, spacing these out? I don't know. I just know that on, on yesterday's show he said we'll have more tomorrow night. Ooh, so juicy. We'll, have some more, we'll have some more tonight. All right. We'll have to go check that out. And you will have to come check out me and Robbie the Fire Bernstein in Pottstown, Pennsylvania this weekend, Friday and Saturday night, doing some live stand up shows and a live part of the Problem podcast. We'll see you there. ComicDaveSmith.com for ticket links. RobbieTheFire.com for all his stuff. And of course, go check out Run Your Mouth, Rob's uh, other podcast. And go to Rumble.com slash part of the problem as a. Uh, we're getting a little more concerned about what we can and cannot say on YouTube here. Go uh, go check us out over there on Rumble. Free it's, the uh, January 6th shaman. There you go. See, that's Rumble talk right there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Peace.